Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is a quick introduction before surviving the system today. Trying things a little bit different today. So this is going to be my first video cast as well. So for those of you who are at all interested, check the show notes. I'll make sure I put the YouTube link up there. I'll also put the Odyssey link as well. I am really excited about this particular show being the first video. It's been something I've been talking with Joe about. I've been thinking about it, kind of tossing it up. And you know how the universe has a funny way of just telling you, nope, got to go now. Well, this is it. So Micah Dank is our guest, and Micah is going to take you through his presentation of the different zodiac signs, astrology in the Bible, and a lot of the different interpretations, a lot of the meanings that we maybe have been taking in a completely different context and what they could potentially mean as it points back to the signs of the zodiac, the astrology. It's also the basis for his book series, Into the Rabbit Hole, which I have just started reading. I've been listening to Micah on a lot of other shows right now. He'll even mention it himself. He has been on just about everybody's show talking about his new book series. I've started book one. I'm about halfway through. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. So please enjoy Please take a moment to go to YouTube, go to Odyssey, like the show, subscribe. Please tell your friends as well. Uh, I'm really trying to make a concerted effort here to grow my audience and to ask for what it is that I want. And right now, I'm trying to, I'm trying to grow this show. I'm trying to reach a broader audience, and I need your help. And as always, moment of gratitude before we get to the show. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here today. I'm so grateful that you're here listening and allowing me to live out my purpose to help remind you of who you really are. If I can do it, so can you. Enjoy the show. The 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution abolished slavery and involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for a crime. Ever wondered how we ended up with the largest prison population of any country? Have you noticed that those whose jobs it is to protect and serve seem to be demanding more and more blind obedience? You didn't think it just happened by chance, did you? It's time to call attention to the fact our government is the most prolific slave owner on the planet. This is Surviving the System. Thank you for joining me today on Surviving the System. This is Dance and Dave. 
And today is going to be a first for a couple of different reasons. First of all, this is going to be my first attempt at video cast. And part of the reason that we are attempting video cast is I'm actually going to be bringing on what I consider to be an extremely interesting man with an extremely interesting topic. Uh, we're going to be speaking today with Micah Dank. If you have not had the chance to hear Micah on any of the other shows that are around at this point, you're going to be in for a treat today. Micah is the author of the the book Beneath the Veil, which is book one of Into the Rabbit Hole, which I have right next to me. I've just started reading here recently. And he takes a lifetime worth of knowledge in the esoteric field in the quote-unquote conspiracy realm and puts it together in a fictionalized story that really just helps to tie everything in together. And so far, I'm, I mean, the book is flying by quick. I love it. I love listening to Micah, and I'm really excited to have him on the show to introduce him to you folks. So without further ado, thank you very much for joining me today on Surviving the System, Micah. Hey, thanks for hunting me down. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. And and thanks for offering, man. I really just – I was going after the book. Uh, mm -hmm. I listened to you on – like I told you, I think it was on Richard Serrett, and you guys were talking quite a bit about the MK Ultra experiments that were done on people and how it's still occurring. They've just kind of changed the names and don't talk about it as much anymore. And just the way that you were explaining how – the story is based in part on that really caught my attention. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's what really got me is that Manchurian candidate style feel to it mixed in with everything else. So mm -hmm. I'm excited you. to hear a little bit more about it, but I'm going to turn this over primarily to you. Um, I know mm -hmm. you've got a, a presentation that we're going to go over and I really just want to help you to get the word out and, like I said, introduce everybody to you and your work and hopefully get some people to purchase the book here, too. Sounds good. All right, so let's start. So, And I'm going to bring you into this, too. I'm going to bounce questions off of you, too. Yeah, please do. Okay. So if I were to ask you what the oldest writings were in the world, what would you say? You know, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Isn't it some Sumerian scripts? That's what a lot of people would say. Do you know how old they would be? No. They would be maybe about five, 6,000 years old. Okay. Okay. The Lascaux Caves go back 40,000 years. And what the Lascaux Caves are, <clears throat> or what the Lascaux Caves are, are there these caves in France that they found. And they went into the caves. And when they went into the caves, they went to the back of it. And in the back of the caves, they had these walls with things like this on it. And you see the bull on top, you see the lion on the right, and you see the horse on the bottom. But in hmm. astrology, everybody knows that that's Taurus, Leo, and Sagittarius. Even if you don't really know the Zodiac, which I'm going to get into, um, you have. So basically, they found these, and they carbon dated the wall, and they carbon dated it to about 40,000 years. And what they found when they brought in an astronomer with a computer, because we have the program to do this now, is they brought an astronomer in and they rewound the sky back 40,000 years. And what they found were these signs lined up perfectly to where they were supposed to be as, as they were drawn on the wall to where they were 40,000 years ago. So we knew the Zodiac 40,000 years ago. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And basically what astrotheology is, is the mythology of the Zodiac. 
in the same way that the Greeks and the Romans had their uh, <clears throat> stories. Um, astrotheology has its own set of stories, and it goes very deep into the Bible, and I'm going to show you how. There's questions you can ask in the Bible that don't really make sense. How Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine, why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why his birthday is on December 25th. This is all astrology, and I'm going to show you by the end of this how that works. Interesting. Okay. I know there's a lot of inconsistencies with the scripture as it's been interpreted today. So if I'm understanding you correctly, what we're going to be doing is taking it back to like the, the source to explain where this context came from. Right. It's going to be you, you could you could describe you could explain the Bible entirely with the Zodiac. Really? And the, and the constellations. And that's what I'm going to show you. OK. OK. So. Genesis 1.14, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, or years. And that's really what the Zodiac was initially. It was a calendar. See, there were no clocks, watches, or calendars back in the day. They had, like, sundials. You could look at the sun rising um, and basically count its steps in the sky to see when it's going to start to get dark. Uh, you had to know when to plant. You had to know when to harvest. You had to know when winter was going to come. You had to know a million different things. And the Zodiac is exactly that. And that's what the Bible covertly talks about. So I'm going to go through the 12 signs, and we're gonna, I'm going to talk about what you need to see, you need to know, in order to decode the Bible. Okay. You have Aquarius, which is the first sign of – the, the first sign of the Zodiac is actually Aries, but I talk about Aquarius first. The first sign is Aquarius, which is represented by the man. I have the story of Zeus and Aquarius, but that's really irrelevant right now. <clears throat> but basically, Aquarius is the man with the water pitcher. Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. Aries is the ram. In Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day and a 12-hour night. It's also the Passover holiday for the Jews, or the passing over of the sun over the equator in astrology. It's the same word, two meanings. And back on its way up to its height at the summer solstice. In Christianity, the passing over is changed and called the resurrection of God's son. It's why the Jews smear the lamb's blood on the door in uh, the ancient Egyptian times to protect them from um, God killing the firstborn males in every Egyptian household. It's why the Jews have the lamb bone on the Passover plate. It's why they blow the ram's horn to the sky is because they're the people of Ares. Okay. And you have, you have Taurus, which is the bull. And when you look at the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know, as above, so below. You look up, you see the bull. You need, you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. Huh. Gemini is the twins. That's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. Everybody knows that story. Yep. Cancer is the crab. It's the sideways-moving creature. So what the sun does is starting on December 25th, it rises a degree. Then every single day, it rises an additional degree along its axis until it hits June 21st. Then for three days, it stays at that height. And then on June 25th, it drops a degree. Then it continues to drop a degree every single day until it hits December 21st, which is the winter solstice, which is the day the sun dies. 
Okay, in the Bible, when they talk about death, they're talking about Sagittarius, December 21st, because right. then what happens is the sun's at its lowest point for three days again. So that's why God's son was dead for three days. And then on December 25th, on the birth of Christ, he's resurrected. Now, I know the resurrection happens in in Aries at Easter. Okay, but this is metaphorically as far as you're talking about the Zodiac, if you're following through with that. Right. And and to jump in here, too, that this may be something that a lot of people with this audience in particular, I'm sure a lot of people do. But just in case, if we've caught somebody that hasn't had that introduction, um, the, the date, December 25th, that was changed in Christianity when Emperor Constantine tried to blend the, the pagan religions with Christianity to try to bring that peace together with both of them. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, that December twenty fifth that comes from the the worship of the sun in the pagan religions. Am I, am well, I it also goes order? back even further than that. It goes back to in the Egyptians. You have Ra, you have Horus, you have Dionysus, you have Mithra. These are all gods that were born on December twenty fifth, and that's why it's because the sun's dead for three days, and then the day that it starts its climb back up to the summer solstice, the day it comes back to life is December twenty fifth. It rises a degree. So that's why that day is, is, is celebrated. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Then Leo is the king. It's the lion, the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun, and you're going to see that later. When they're talking about the kingdom of heaven is near, it's literally talking about the sun being in Leo because the sun is the ruling planet. Okay. Then Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk, as you can see on the right. Remember before when you said you plant in Taurus? Well, basically what happens is the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make bread for the year. So you see Virgo in the sky. You knew it was time to send the young maidens out to go collect the wheat, and then they would make the bread. Okay. Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. The reason it's justice is because it judges God's sun as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter, into cold, into death. The Jews always celebrate their new year around the fall equinox. And also because Libra is the judge, okay, it's the judger. Um, The Jews, eight days after Rosh Hashanah, their new year, they have something called Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement where they fast. It's the day of judgment where God decides if he's going to put you in the book of life for the rest of the year or if if, if your time's up. So that's what they do is they fast and they pray to have another year on earth. Hmm. Then Libra is also known as the wine season. So you have both law judgment and wine in libra so those three things when you're looking at the bible for things like that they're talking about libra so which is when you plant the grapes in taurus you can press the wine in libra so you have virgo the bread and libra the wine the bread and the wine the symbols of christianity then scorpio is the scorpion and he is known as the betrayer and the reason he's the betrayer is because when a scorpion bites you it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips that's the betrayal it looks like a kiss but it's the betrayal it's full of poison it's why the mafia has the kiss of death and it's why jesus was betrayed by judas with a kiss the son is judged in libra and betrayed in scorpio and finally it's killed in sagittarius This is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. In the Bible, it's translated as a spear going through the side of God's sun. And I'm going to show you where that's called that because it's important. Um, And we went over what happens on December 21st, which is Sagittarius. You know, it's the lowest. It rises to the lowest degree. Then it's dead for three days, just like Jesus was dead for three days. And then it comes back to life the next day. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then Capricorn is the goat because of the Zodiac wheel. Can you see me actually? Because I can't see myself. Can you see me? So I can see you. Uh, yeah, I can absolutely see you. Right now, the... Um the video is showing your screen share. So I can see you, but I'm not sure that the listener can. Okay. So anyway, um, so basically you have the Zodiac wheel, which is a circle and Capricorns at the bottom and the sun rises a degree every single day, starting in Capricorn. So it's basically, it's the metaphorical climbing of the mountain back to July, uh, June 21st, which is the summer solstice, just like the goat that starts to climb on the mountain, climbs the mountain. That's why it's the goat. So, you have the names for Jesus. In Capricorn, the goat, he's called the scapegoat of Israel. When the sun is in Aquarius, he's called the son of man, the symbol of the man. When he's in Pisces, when the sun's in Pisces, he's known as the fisherman of men. It's also why he feeds the masses with two fish. He's the lamb of God in Aries, which is the ram. He's the lion of Judah, also known as Leo, the lion. The lady holding the wheat stalk Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. Then Libra, the scales of justice, he's known as the just one. Then he's betrayed in Scorpio, dies in Sagittarius, December 21st. It's also why he's worshipped on the Sunday, because he represents the Sunday. Now, take a look at the guy on the left, okay? That's a stereotypical picture of Jesus, right? Right. Anomalies. The sun is always behind Jesus because he represents the sun. Any picture that you Google of Jesus, white Jesus specifically, you'll see the sun behind his head. You see the same thing behind Ra. You see the same thing behind Osiris. You see the same thing behind Dionysus. It's the same thing because he is the sun. He represents the sun. The two fingers up like this, you see what I'm doing? Like Jesus is doing? This is an ancient comedic peace sign, which is an ancient Egyptian peace sign where they borrowed this from. This, what I'm doing right now, okay, yeah. this is an ancient British war sign. So they've reversed the meanings. This is actually a peaceful sign. This is actually a warring sign. And what so you're were, doing, for anybody that can't see you, you're making like the, the, the V for victory. The John Lennon peace sign. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, white Jesus picture is actually Caesar Borgia, who is the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. Before then, there was no picture of him, and it was decided his picture would be the face of. If you Google Caesar Borgia, you'll see what I'm talking about. And what happened was, it's not like in... Um, Muhammad, where you're not allowed to draw him and it's forbidden to draw him, there was just physically no picture of Jesus before then. So what happened was, I think this was in the 1500s, right around the time of the printing press, they started publishing this picture of white Jesus and spreading it around, and then that's how it became. Now, you'll also notice that the crown of thorns is wrapped around the heart. The crown of thorns represents the solar rays coming out of the sun. Jesus has the crown of thorns wrapped around his head, in the in the bible and that represents the sun rays because he's the sun okay the heart outside the body that represents what's called the toroidal field which is it's a torus field we have an electrochemical gradient in our heart that beats that uh extends six feet outside of your body that's why the elites are trying to keep you six feet apart 
is because if I'm standing next to you within six feet, our energies are actually communicating on a subatomic level. I don't know if you knew that, but um, yeah, absolutely. We we are electrical creatures, and and anything right. that runs on electricity or energy generates some kind of a, a electromagnetic field. Any that's, others? What, that's what Walter Russell says. That's what Walter Russell, the great Walter Russell, says. That he says everything yeah. is electromagnetic. Everything. Yeah, there's a there's a, an organization called the HeartMath Institute. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's that's their primary focus. Uh-huh. Their focus is to talk and teach people that the heart you actually have a heart brain. Yeah, three brains: your head brain, your gut brain, and your heart brain. And yeah, right. that's that's part of that. That being able to interact with other people's fields yep. that's an important part of communication outside of just your head brain. Well, your gut actually has the greatest amounts of serotonin in the body. That's why when you get butterflies, when you feel good, it's yes. because the serotonin's coming from your gut. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to start decoding some phrases now. Now that you have the 12 zodiac signs and you know what to look for, right? Like Virgo is wheat. Virgo is young woman, virgin. Right. Libra is scales of justice, law, wine, Right. Um, so we're going to start going into it. So have you heard of the phrase pride comes before the fall? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Can you explain it to your listeners for me, please? So my understanding of pride comes before the fall is it's kind of like a, a terminology to help someone to remind them not to get too arrogant that it's your arrogance that is going to lead to your own downfall because by being too arrogant, you lose sight of the bigger picture and you'll make some mistakes. Right. That's a pretty solid rad interpretation of it. Okay. Let me hit you with this one though. Okay. This is taken to mean that your ego will be your downfall. However, a group of lions is called a pride. Pride is the lion. Lion is Leo. Leo is in July, August. That comes before the fall. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so that's that, that's astrotheology. So you have one meaning that you just interpreted for me, mm. and then I've given you the layer under it that you have to decode. And that's how all these are decoded, is there are hidden meanings within words. Got it. And it's almost a, a little bit more of a literal interpretation, so to speak, where it's right. literally saying, hey, the lion is coming before fall or before autumn. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Then in the book of Micah, which is my namesake, 5-2, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. However, Bethlehem is two words in Hebrew. It's bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread. So it's the house of bread. Well, I just told you that the house of bread was Virgo with the wheat stalk, right? Yeah. In astrology, uh, each sign is called a house. So it's the house of bread. So the hmm. Savior will come from a virgin. You see how that works? Yeah, okay. So that's another encoded meaning based on that. Interesting. All right. Okay, so now that I've gone through the 12 signs, okay, just based on what I've told you each sign means, I want you to count how many, how many symbols you see in this, okay, how many signs you can count, Okay. Okay. He gave them Deuteronomy 32. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky grounds. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. 
They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes, but Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. So we've got, and I know I'm going to miss a couple, but the ones that immediately pop out to me right away is the, the giving the people butter from the herd, the milk from the flock, mm-hmm. um, the lambs and the goats. We talk specifically about the goat, Aries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the lamb, and the lamb is ram, Aries. And the, yep, goat is, yep. the goat is Capricorn. Yep. And then the finest wheat. We just talked about the wheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes and the wine. What catches me with that one too, now that we're talking about this at different levels, um, Dionysus is also the Greek god of wine. Mm-hmm. All right. Gotcha. And then of course the last one there is Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. Right. Now the two that you're missing that I'm going to decode for you right now is he gave them honey from the cliffs. And olive oil from the rocky ground. Olive oil is in Libra, too. Olive seasons are in Libra. Okay. okay? <clears throat> and he gave them honey from the cliffs. Now, in the sign Cancer, there's what's called an asterism, which is a closely knit group of stars. And it's called the beehive cluster. So, metaphorically, that's where the honey comes from. That's in Cancer. Okay? He gives people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. Those are both milk-based, if not milk. And that comes from the Milky Way galaxy. Okay? okay, whose center is in Sagittarius. So the land from Cancer to Sagittarius, those five signs, are the land of milk and honey. You see huh. how that works? Yeah, okay. That makes sense. These are just metaphors. They're all metaphors. They're all symbolism to tell you to encode hidden meanings as to where the stars were and what their relevance is. Because, again, the zodiac is a calendar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Revelation 4-7, the first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. Okay? It's important to know the zodiac wheel, right? Yep. The solstices cut it down the line like this. And the equinox is cut it through like this. It makes a perfect cross. The perfect cross is the cross of God's son that he lives and dies on. Okay? Okay. Now, this one that I just read you, Revelation 4-7. The first living creature was like a lion, Leo. The second was like an ox, Taurus. The third had a face like a man, Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly-crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on earth. Its evolved form is the eagle, and the eagle's evolved form is the phoenix. So eagle equals Scorpio. Okay. Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, Scorpio are the four fixed signs of the zodiac. Have you ever heard of something called a mutable sign or a cardinal sign or a fixed sign? Yes. Okay. These are the four fixed signs. They weren't chosen by accident when they explained this. And what they do is you have that that perfect cross, right? Yeah. This forms an X like this directly through the cross to perfect alignment. Okay. So these were chosen directly. Interesting. You have Revelation 12. Have you heard of the story of the the woman with the uh, dragon? Yes. Okay. I'm going to read it to you. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Okay? Yeah. 
A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. It literally is just a metaphor for the sun being in Virgo. And if okay. the sun's in Virgo, which is midday, then the, sun, the moon would be directly under it, right? Because yeah. the sun comes down, the moon comes up. Another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The constellation Draco's on the left. You can see its tail. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four-twelfths of the signs or one-third of the stars out of the sky. Again, it's another metaphor, but it's just telling you how big Draco is. Huh. That's all that the woman and the dragon is. You know, and it's an interesting – this is totally – not necessarily off-topic, but a quick side note. Sure. Uh, have, you ever, have you heard that – have you heard that song Avenged uh, by Avenged Sevenfold, which is based completely on that scripture? I love Avenged Sevenfold, but I haven't heard that. That's one of my favorite songs from them. But that, to me, I love that song because they just, they base the lyrics, pretty much they just take it right out of the scripture. Right. But you see how it's scary if you read it literally. There's people that are taking this literally, like this is literally going to happen. Yeah, there's... um. Uh, the Seventh Day Adventist Church. I, I've studied with them for a little bit, and I love their yeah, interpretation. Yeah, that's Ben Carson's church. Yeah, I, I love their interpretation of prophecy up to a point where they they're able to kind of take it and show you how it's metaphorical and how some of it has come true. But then all of a sudden, you get into Revelations, and they immediately switch over into it's literal, where it talks about like the house coming down out of heaven. And, well, it has to be literal because he gave exact measurements. And, yeah, that's – once you hit the book of Revelations, there's a lot, not just a lot of people, but a lot of, a lot of different religions out there that that's, that's exactly what Well, I've teach. only given you two examples out of Revelation, but I've done the – I've decoded uh, – I'm going to show you the book of Matthew in this presentation. Mm -hmm. I hope it blows you away. But um, I've also done uh, Revelation, and I've done the book of Enoch too. If you're interested in going into those, we could do those another time. Yeah, absolutely. The Book of Enoch is all kinds of encoded messages. There's a lot that's in that. I think that's there's a reason that that's not included in in canonical scripture at this point. Yes. There was too much in there. Mm -hmm. So I've given examples of astrotheology in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I've been accused of cherry picking verses from the Bible to prove a point. So let's take a much longer passage and see if it could be decoded with this kind of science as well. Okay. Are you familiar with the book of Job? Yes. So again, please tell your listeners what the story behind Job was. Sure. So the story of Job is basically that Job was God's favorite, and Satan came to him one day and said, why is this guy your favorite? If you, all you got to do is turn the screws a little bit, and he'll turn on you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And so God proceeds to put Job through a series of trials to prove his faith. In the end, Job's faith is proven. God rewards him tenfold from everything that he had lost through that, through that story. That's exactly it. Beautiful. Well done. Thank you. It's so much easier to do this when people actually have working knowledge of the Bible. But what <laughs> That's I'm why I read you right now. Man. I was like, you're speaking my language. Let's go. Fantastic. But what you're about to hear is God's response to Job. Remember, God actually talks to Job? Yeah, yeah, at the what, end. What I'm, what I'm going to read to you is his response. And it's literally all asking questions about animals. But it all has to do with the stars, okay? He says, can you lead forth the Maseroth? Now, did you know that the Maseroth literally translates to the Zodiac? That's literally what it means? I, I had no clue. I didn't even know what that word meant. The Maseroth literally means Zodiac. Over time, it becomes Mazalot, which survives in modern Judaism and ancient Judaism as Mazel Tov, which means good fortune from the stars. Got it. That's where that comes from. Okay, yeah. so you can imagine how old the word Mazel Tov is. You know that Job was the first book that was ever written in the Old Testament, right? Yep, I have heard that. Okay. So the Lord's challenge to Job. He says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or can you loosen Orion's belt? Those are two metaphors, right? But they're, they're blatantly obvious, right? Can you bring forth the constellation in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the zodiac above, and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Who can tip over the water jars of heavens? That's Aquarius, the man with the water pitcher, who's tipping it over. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger for the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Hmm. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? Mariga, meaning deer, is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkeys go free? That's Acellus borealis, which means donkey and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Al Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. You see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just I'm following along reading this right with you. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. Remember how I told you that the bow and arrow becomes the spear? Yeah. That's where. There's okay. the two most important murders in the Bible. Okay. What would you say they are between the Old and New Testament? What do you think the two most significant murders are? Uh, well, the first one in the Old Testament would be uh, Jacob and Esau. You mean Cain and Abel? Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Sorry, I got ahead of myself there. Yes, Cain and Abel, that was the first murder. And mm -hmm. then in the New Testament, one of them. it would be, it'd be Jesus. There you go. You got them both. Now, here's the thing. Do you know what the word Cain means in Hebrew? No. It means spear. Okay. Cain means spear. And then in the New Testament, there's a spear 
that um, that that takes Jesus out. Right. That pierces his side, the spear of destiny. Right. So then he says, does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is a Latin name for eagle, and it's a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Levethian with a fish hook? And that's the fish Pisces. Hmm. So God's entire message to him is, do you know the stars? Do you know where they're located? Do you know what cluster I'm talking about? Do you know this when you read yeah. it the right way? Yeah, he just went all the way around the Zodiac. Yep. Okay. So how is Jesus able to heal the blind? Well, this S-O-N of God, the human, touched the person's eyes, the blind man's eyes, and he was able to see. But if you're talking about the sun, you know, you can't see when the sun's not there, and then suddenly it comes up from the shadows, it touches your eyes, and suddenly you can see. How he walked on water. Have you ever seen your background? You can literally see the sun walking on the earth. The sun walks on water. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How he turned water into wine. Do you know why God is considered a man and earth is considered a woman? No. It's because of his sacred fluid. God's sacred fluid, his reign. In Hebrew, it's called shemen. We get the word semen from it. Okay. Secret fluid. And what happens is it impregnates Mother Earth, and then from her belly, everything grows. Okay? So you have – in Taurus, you have April showers, bring May flowers. Things grow and grow and grow, and it rains, and it rains. It rains all year, and then boom, you press in Libra, and then you get the wine. That's how you turn the original water into wine. Hmm. Why he had 12 disciples? We ran over this already. You know, there's, they're each one sign of the Zodiac. I've already told you that Judas is Scorpio. Scorpio. Now, I don't go into the rest of them, into what they are, but um, I will eventually. Okay. Um, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, we know that now. Why he was dead for three days, we know that now. Why his birthday on December 25th, we know that now. Yep. Okay? Yeah, we covered all of them. It doesn't stop there. It's not just random passages that the Bible can be decoded this way. We're going to go through the entire book of Matthew to show how deep this runs. Okay, so I'm going to go through the entire book of Matthew. Now, before we do that, and I don't mean to sidetrack you, but I'm I'm curious on your take on this. Going back to talking about the miracles that Jesus performed, um, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, water into wine. There's a verse in the scripture where he's talking to his disciples and he says, all these things you have seen me do, you will do and more. What, how does that tie in with all of this? Is there some message in there? Well, saying, he's talking, you have the son talking to the 12 signs of the Zodiac. And in each one of them, miracles performed. You know, okay. you, you get the bread, you get the wine, you know, um, you know, in Aries, you get the lamb, the ram's horn. They all take part in this. Yeah. So it's basically the son talking to his 12 signs. Okay. All right. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Please continue. Matthew 3, 2. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, each gospel begins at one of the four major points of the zodiac, which is the solstices or the equinox. The kingdom of heaven is Leo, whose ruling planet is the sun, as I've mentioned before. This is the only sign that the sun rules over. Okay? Now, if you look at the picture on the left, the closest sign to Leo that has one of the four major points is June 21st in Cancer. So that's where this passage starts. Okay. Okay? 
Then here, the, the, the lines between the signs. This is the firmament. That's what the firmament means. It's the line between the signs. This is the firmament between Cancer and Leo. It's the beginning of the kingdom. There's a saying in the Bible that says the firmament shows God's handiwork. The firmaments are the dividing lines between signs. Now, the next passage, Matthew 3, 4, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. If we take the most famous drawing of a man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, and superimpose it onto the Zodiac, we can make sense of this. Side note, you can literally use a picture of a woman. You could use a picture of a man. Any, anything that's just standing up to basically make this. Okay? Huh. Cancer being the head is where he eats the wild honey, right? Because his head is in cancer. Cancer is the beehive cluster. Yeah. A little lower on the body is clothes made out of camel hair or camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. That's where the camel comes from and the camel hair. It's just a metaphor. So right now you have the head and the upper body so far. Moving a little lower on the body and you get the midsection, which is where he would wear a belt. Taurus represents the bull and the female is the cow, which is where you get the leather for the leather. Regarding the belt, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. There's the belt. Next would be the baptism. Now, how are we going to go from the beginning of Leo to a water sign to signify the baptism? You would go across the zodiac. Cross signs, as they are known, are the signs of opposite location. For example, Aries and Libra are cross signs. This is very important. A sign's two most important signs are its neighboring signs and its cross sign. This is encoded in the book as well. Here we see how it makes a leap from one firmament, where we were, to the other. The man with the water pitcher in Aquarius is personified as John the Baptist with the water. It's important to note, too, that John the Baptist and Jesus are also always six months apart. When you think of the fact that Jesus is born on December 25th and rises a degree a day, then that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decrease a degree a day. This is why in John 3.30, John says, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's also why St. John's Day is exactly six months to the day of December 25th on June 24th, okay? St. Okay. John's Day. So the next story is the temptation of Jesus. So we're going, we're going to, we're, we're right here. We're at Capricorn Aquarius firmament. We're going back to Cancer Leo firmament, okay? Okay. So that's July 24th. Well, the temptation of Jesus is in the desert for 40 days. So it's easy. Just count 40 days. It takes you to September 2nd, which is, which is Virgo. Okay. Now watch what happens. This is right in the middle of Virgo, the virgin with the wheat stalk. What does the devil say? Matthew 4, 3. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Hmm. Here we see mention of the bread, which tells you that the son is in Virgo. There's another section in the Bible where Jesus feeds the masses with two fish and five loaves of bread. Well, the two fish are the sign of Pisces, literally, and its cross sign, which I already mentioned is prevalent in the Bible, is Virgo, the bread. The next passage is 5.17 and 22. I did not come to abolish the law. And if you are even angry with someone, you, you are subject to judgment. This takes place in the firmament of Virgo and Libra, okay? Because when you are at the firmament, it can be used on either side. So if I'm in the firmament of Virgo and Libra, I could talk about wine. I could talk about judgment. I could talk about uh, wheat. I could talk about bread. I could talk about yeast. I could talk about um, things of that nature. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can, you can go to either sign. Okay. Okay? So um, 
Let's see. Matthew 7, 9, 10. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Once again, this being the firmament between Virgo and Libra, it is switched back to Virgo. Okay. Matthew 7, 15, 16. Beware of false prophets, prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. Can you pick the grapes from the thorn bushes? Those are the two passages. The sheep are the ram in Aries, and the grapes are in Libra. Once again, these are opposing signs. Moving along, Matthew 13, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. The story now moves from Libra to the barrier between Aquarius and Pisces, as he is right beside the lake, or the two water signs. And yes, I'm aware that Aquarius is an air sign in astrology. Okay. However, it is a man with a water pitcher, so it serves its purpose when you're talking about that in the Bible like that. Okay. So the story now moves from, as he's right beside the lake, or the two water signs. It is cross sign is Leo Virgo firmament. As it's across from Virgo, the wheat stalk, the grains, is it ironic that the very next parables are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, and the yeast? Are you familiar with those parables? Yes. And you see why it's it, because it's in Virgo now. Yeah. So moving right along, next is the fishing net parables. So now we go back across from Leo Virgo to Aquarius Pisces. Okay. Gemini is the two sign is a sign of two men, technically twins. However, that's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This ends at the firmament of Gemini Cancer. How do we know this? You see the firmament of Gemini in Cancer? Yes. Okay, what is directly across from it? Gemini and Cancer directly across from the, uh, I'm going cross sign, correct? Yes. So it's between Capricorn and Sagittarius? Exactly. Do you know what day that is? No. December 21st. So there's got to be a death because that's, okay. that's the death in the Bible. Okay. Because the very next story is the death of John the Baptist. As I mentioned previously, death comes at the end of Sagittarius. The firmament of Sagittarius, Capricorn, and Gemini Cancer are opposing signs. This is how the Bible stories have been written. I'm going to give you an outside example of it right now. Okay, let's take a sentence which sounds like it could be in the Bible but isn't. If I say to you, the rulers were divided between war and love. It split the land in half. You could read that as a literal translation, right? Yeah. The ruling planet of Aries is Mars, who is the god of war. The ruling planet of Libra is Venus, who is the goddess of love. There's your war and love. If you connect it, it literally splits the zodiac in half. You could say it splits the land in half. The you see how that works? Yeah. 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 Okay. Matthew 14, we did this already. This is the cross of God's son's son. This is what I was talking about with the, with the solstices and the equinox when, when you uh, cross them. Okay. We were just in Virgo, and next is Libra, which is the law and wine, remember? What yeah. stories do we get now? The story of the temple tax, the unforgiving debtor, divorce and marriage, and the parable of the vineyard worker. <laughs> All has to do with Libra. As you can see at this point, how things are encoded and also put in plain slide. Next huh. is Scorpio, the betrayer. This is when Judas betrays Jesus with the kiss. Got it. Okay, because that's what Scorpio does. Makes and then, sense. boom, here's where Jesus is crucified on the cross. I just showed you. But we know that when the sun dies on December 21st, it remains dead for three days. And then it rises on December 25th, the resurrection. Right. So the zodiac wheel. So this, this particular gospel starts June 21st in Cancer at the summer solstice and ends uh, December 21st at the winter solstice. Okay. So I told you they started and ended one of the four points. Yeah. 
And that's the book of Matthew. Huh. That's interesting. See, I've, I've never, I've studied the scripture. I've gone over it quite a bit, both literally, metaphorically, interpretations, etc. And I've never really had it explained that way, where it ties in with astrology. So with that, immediately now, and I'm, I'm going to transition over to your book to kind of tie this in, because your book, I'm, I'm not done with the first one yet. I'm probably about a third of the way through, give or take. But you start to tie a lot of this in right away in the beginning mm-hmm. with the, the letter or the email that's left for, for the main character, the protagonist in this story mm-hmm. that his brother sends him. And they start to dissect that and talk quite a bit about this here. Mm-hmm. So to me, what it, what it immediately seems to say is that this is some knowledge that for whatever reason or purpose behind it is being kept from us. It is. A hundred percent. That's why I wrote these fiction stories is because you can get away with writing this kind of stuff. <laughs> would you like to see why it's being kept from us? I would love to. Roman Catholic Catechism 2116, all forms of divination are to be rejected. Recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future. Consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm readings, interpretations of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis, other human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe God alone. Mm. This is from the Catholic Church. Would you agree, after seeing this presentation, that there is indeed hidden astrology in the Bible? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so then why would the Roman Catholic Church tell you that astrology is evil? Mm. To keep you from it. Exactly. And that's basically my main point. Of at least book one and two, <clears throat> I explain way more than I way more than I just showed you on this. Yeah, yeah. You start to go into some of the stories, um, like for instance, where you talked about the man with the pitcher. You actually explain a little bit about the the mythology behind that and what the meaning of the pitcher is and and how that story ties in. So there's quite a mm-hmm. bit where you've taken that and put it into I don't want to say necessarily easy to understand, but it's a little bit of a better flow where it just flows right along with it being a fiction mm-hmm. story. Yeah, absolutely. It would seem to mm-hmm. me that there's probably some some messages that you can convey that you can't with a with a nonfiction. Seems like it might exactly. be dry. That's the idea. So what led you to to decide to to write the book and especially in the fiction format? I mean, how could you not want to write about this? <laughs> True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, to me, these astrology explanations make way more sense than the literal explanations in the Bible. And the Bible's a brilliant book. I mean, it can literally write a story under a story. Yes. You know, it's absolutely wild. I couldn't do that. Or at least I've, I've tried to a little bit. My books are slightly encoded. You'll find in my books that the names and the locations of places are all anagrams for other places in real life. Okay. If you want to, if you want to start breaking that down, but um, um, some of them are easier than others. But um, 
basically I just, I knew I had to get involved in this when I started learning this stuff. 95% of this whole presentation is my own work. Yeah. You know, and I, I barely went into it. So for, for the listener, for the viewer who has never heard of you before, who has never heard of the book before, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit, give me a synopsis, a high level overview of your series what it's about and how you you take all this information and put it into a narrative. It's basically all the astrology that I've decoded in the Bible. They're used as turning points. These books are very Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code type books with cryptograms and anagrams. The characters are younger, way more wise-ass. There's a lot of humor in the books. Um, But um, it's basically, just to talk about that, I talk about conspiracy theories I have a character in it named Blur Slanders, who's basically Alex Jones, who releases a lot of this conspiratorial information into it, and he becomes part of the story later on, hmm. um, in in minor ways. He's still like a, he's like a, a a major minor character. I can't explain it, sure. but um, the stories flow. They go, you know, you have to read one to get two, to get three, to get four. Um, and that's 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 basically it. That's what I wanted to do. That's 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 what I kind of wanted to leave behind. Yeah. Yeah. I have a six, I have a six book publishing deal right now, and my publicist is right now trying to um, secure meetings with movie producers. Oh, that I can see this being um, a mini series of some kind. I, I yeah, almost, that's exactly what I was thinking too. We're pitching it as a mini series because it's cheaper, yeah. and just because I don't think six movies would go through. Um, Not necessarily, but, and you can't do it in one either. That that would just no. that would take too There's much too much information. Yeah, you'd you'd lose a lot of the context. You'd have to shorten it up and 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 cut out pieces that you wouldn't want to cut out. Right. But I, and it's interesting to me too because it is. It's one of those books where again, I'm only about a third of the way through, but I'm going quickly through it because it it does read like a movie. You know, not not to really? spoil not to spoil anything. Oh, I love to read anyway, so that my imagination gets going. But I picture that when you're when the main character is talking to the president at the beginning of the book, and she very politely says, "Well, thanks. It was nice meeting you. I appreciate it." And they step out, and she immediately goes into a consult with her advisor and conspiring behind their backs and saying, I don't care what it takes to get that information. I can, I can picture that on the screen. I've watched that in shows before. So thank you. Oh yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. So So this was your first time seeing this, this, uh, I know you've seen me on other podcasts or you heard me on other podcasts. I've kind of made my way around. I'm kind of, I'm kind of being whored around the fringe (laughs) FM and, uh, basically right now, (laughs) March at least. I'm kind yeah. of uh, I'm kind of all over the place. I've got 30 podcasts in 30 days, yeah. but um, yeah. So I mean, what do you, what do you what do you think of the presentation? You think? I I think I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. I, I my background, um, and I don't even think I've talked much about this on the show. I've I've hinted at it a little bit, but I grew up. My parents were both Catholic, and. When I was born, they both just said, you know what, I don't know what we want to raise him as, but we're not doing it Catholic. And so for a long time, I really didn't have a a quote-unquote religion that I was tied to, which allowed me to explore quite a bit. So we were involved in uh, Unity Church. We learned a lot about meditation and a lot about energy and frequency. 
And then as I got older, I was introduced into very fundamentalist Christianity. Um, and then from there, that expanded into just kind of absorbing everything that I could. Like I said, the Seventh-day Adventist and just going from there and right. absorbing as much information as I could. So this is this is it takes information that I've learned throughout my life and takes it to that next level that I always keep striving for. Okay, I know I've got some information. What does this mean? What do I do with it? How can I utilize this? What is it trying to tell me? Does that make sense? All right, and Mike, I know you've got, like you said, you're, you are running the gamut right now. You've got lots of other interviews to do, probably a lot of preparation. So I will turn you loose, but before I let you go, where can people contact you? And more importantly, where can they purchase copies of the first three books at least? So what you can do is you can reach out to me on Twitter or Facebook at Micah Dank. That's where you could follow me, friend me. I run a Facebook group called Into the Rabbit Hole. It's about the series um, and just little sneak peeks of things that might be coming out in later books. The first three are out right now. If you're on Twitter or Facebook and you want to get a signed copy from me, I sell signed copies if you don't want to go through Bezos, which completely fine with. Um, you can get them through me, uh, or you can just get them on Amazon. Look up Into the Rabbit Hole and um, just read the reviews. I mean, the stories, uh, alongside with the information, the storyline is great. Like, it's a really interesting, really fun story to get hooked into. Oh, absolutely. I, I think... I think you nailed it when you said that it's very Dan Brown-esque, and it also has, like like you were talking about on one of the other shows I heard, uh, that Manchurian candidate almost with all the MK Ultra stuff under the surface. If you kind of combine the two of those together, that's that's the feel, at least of book one, where I'm at. That's exactly what I was going for. Perfect. Well, you nailed it. You nailed it. And I can't attest. I reached out to Micah. He got back to me quick. Um, yeah, I got the books quick. I had the books before we before we sat down to do the show, so I had some time to read it. He'll get them to you right away. And if you have any trouble finding Micah, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I will be more than happy to help you out. You can reach out to anyone at the Fringe. We all know how to get a hold of Micah. My website, of course, is survivingthesystem.org. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash surviving the system on Twitter at STS, the podcast. And, yeah, and feel the, free. Other is that, the other thing too is, is that I reach out to every, literally every single person that friends or follows me to see yeah. what you thought. I reach out to you if you have any questions. Um, it's, I, I still do that. I mean, I, I deal with like hundreds and hundreds of people, but um, I reach out to every single person. So if you reach out to me, I'm going to reach out to you. Absolutely. I, I try to do the same thing too. try to create that atmosphere of collaboration and, and community. I want people to know that if they reach out to me, I'm going to have a conversation with them. I'll talk to them. Love it. Well, Micah, I thank you very much for taking your time today. Thank you very much for speaking with me and going over all of that and educating me. And I look forward to I look forward to listening to you on on everybody else's shows that I still listen to. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm basically this is kind of like what I'm doing. I'm doing this presentation, um, 
a lot of people have told me they have to listen to it multiple times because they learn something new every time, and that's fine. I'm totally cool with that. Sure. But I can't stress enough. I cannot stress enough. This is not me as an author. This is literally me as somebody who's giving out information. That the amount of information in my books blows away what I even did today. Like, I barely scratched the surface today. Oh, absolutely. And not even just talking about, like, astrology, but you start to get into you start to get into topics about uh, the media and the story that you tell yeah. about Coca-Cola. Um, right. Yeah. Nothing to do with astrology whatsoever, but the information just is, is vast. Lots of information in there. Right. Micah, thank you well, really so much. You having me on. I really appreciate you having me on, man. It was a, it was yeah. a really good chat. Uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I'll make sure to keep in touch. Um, keep keep in me touch updated when the next books come out, too. Yeah, Say that again. I'll, Sorry. I'll be in touch with you. Well, book four is coming out March 15th, so I'll be in touch with you if you want to get a sign through me. But um, I've got whatchamacallit. Um, we'll do the Book of Enoch next time. I've got some oh. time free in April, so we'll schedule something, and then we'll do the Book of Enoch. That'll work fantastic. Hopefully next time we can do it on Zoom or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. I appreciate that. Absolutely, Micah. Thank you so much again for joining me today. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next time, and as always, keep your head up. Don't let them get you. It may be easy to look at all the corruption and manipulation in the system and feel hopeless. Here at Surviving the System, we hold to the belief that greatness is born in the midst of extraordinary struggles. You were created with a purpose, with infinite potential, and many have lost sight of that fact. We're here to remind you of who you are. The best revenge is success. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.